are Locked On Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's the deal, everybody? Today's episode of Locked On Pistons is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Welcome back, everybody. Today is April the 18th. Hope you guys enjoyed your weekend. I am your host, Kuka Hill. You can find me on Twitter at Kuka Hill NBA. You can find me on YouTube at Coos Ballroom. You can also find me over at Detroit Bad Boys, writing articles about the Pistons. And like I mentioned to you guys every every podcast episode i was a credentialed media member for the 2019 2020 season so i got to experience a lot of stuff in the locker room around all the piston players but once again i hope you guys enjoyed you guys this weekend i didn't i can't say i enjoyed mine as much me and my fiance have had to quarantine from each other because she tested positive for covid so we've had to you know quarantine away from each other kind of sucks but you know she's feeling a lot better she actually is no longer uh, contagious anymore so we're allowed to be around each other now so hopefully things start to get a little better about that but i hope you guys' weekend went a little bit better than mine so for the rest of this episode we're going to talk about a little bit about seiku we're going to talk a little bit about killian hayes and then we're also going to talk about today's game against the cleveland cavaliers where the pistons have damn near half their roster out but first let's talk a little bit about seiku so if you guys don't already you guys need to go ahead and follow me on twitter at kukahillmba and no, I'm not just saying that to get my follower count up, even though that would come with it. The reason why I'm telling you this is because I do a lot of clip threads. And if I do a clip thread, there is a very good chance, a very high chance, wink, wink, elbow, elbow, nudge, nudge, that I'm making that clip thread because it's something I want to talk about on the podcast. And since obviously this is a podcast and you can't see anything, I'm going to direct a lot of what I'm talking about to that thread I made on Twitter. So over the past weekend, I made a clip thread over Seku and his recent six-game stretch. So... What we're going to talk about here is the fact that I feel like a lot of people have given up on Seku, which I get why, you know, a lot of fans are quick. They're not very patient at all. So I get like from a fan's point of view, but if you just want to be objective, I don't really see why people are giving up on Seku. And I think his recent stretch is honestly extremely encouraging. And the reason why is because I think if Seku played how he has played over the last six games, if he played like that all year, people wouldn't be as quick to jump off the board with him, I think people actually would be quite encouraged by him. Yes, he's only shooting 36% from the field over the last six games. It's not like he's lying the world on fire. But when Seku was drafted, it was known that he was a project. It was known that it was going to take a while. It was not expected for him to come into the league and immediately start, you know, going crazy or playing extremely well. And I honestly think that that eight-game stretch he had his rookie season really, like, distorted your guys' view of what he should be. Because a lot of people thought, oh, look at this guy. Look what he's capable of doing. And now everyone's expecting him to be able to do that and do this all the time, do this game, game after game after game after game. And that's just not something you should have expected from him. He had a good stretch, but it was just unrealistic to expect him to continue to play like that. So, for example, heading into the season, my expectation of Seiku was just to be a role player, just to be in the rotation, be a role player, have your spot, and just stay there. If you remained in the rotation all year, you continued to play hard, etc., then you hit my expectation for this season. And he hadn't hit that until recently. Over the last six games, he had been that. And the reason why he had been that is because he's playing 
more aggressive. He's playing more confident. He's going to the rim. And the main thing that I want to make sure you guys understand here is the fact that with Sekou, with a player like Sekou, who's 20 years old, by the way, he's going to be younger than a lot of players who were even drafted this year still. The thing with a player like Sekou, you're not looking to Sekou for, like, you're not looking to Sekou to score, like, 15 points on 50% shooting. Like, you're not, you, like, really what you should be looking for is Sekou is not the box score. Like, if he has a great box score, then, yes, that obviously, like, makes it even better. But what you should be looking for Sekou is what you've seen from him recently. And that's him to be aggressive and be showing you guys flash and showing signs of progression in certain areas. And he's shown those signs of, of, of progression the last six games. For example, he's been driving to the rim a hell of a lot more than he has at any point during the season. A lot more of strong drives, a lot more crafty drives. He's showing off some nice footwork on the way to the rim. I put, For example, against the OKC Thunder, I had a, in that clip thread, I used one of these clips. I think he went up on Tony Bradley, I think it was. He got past whoever his defender was on the left wing, got right past him, and got to the rim using a nice Euro step. He, it was great footwork. He got all the way to the rim using his long stride since he's so long and athletic, but he got blocked at the rim because he went off for a soft layup. Now, a lot of people would be mad that, oh, he got blocked at the rim. It doesn't matter. I mean, he has to learn how to be stronger, blah, blah. Like, it doesn't matter. No. What you guys should be looking at is the fact that, one, he was able to get by his defender, which he's been doing a lot of over the last six games. He's been getting to the rim at will, honestly. Every time he drives to the rim, it seems like he's getting into the paint. Like, he's not doing it all the time because he's not, like, a focal point of the offense. But when he does get the ball and he tries to go to the rim, he's getting into the paint. I I, I can't think of too many times when he's tried to drive to the rim and he hasn't been able to do that. So that right there is already one step of progression that we hadn't seen before these six games, simply because he wasn't really trying it, to be honest. But that's one progression right there. Two... He's showing that he's getting stronger. He's bullying a lot of people on the way to the basket. I used another clip in that thread where he drove to the basket. I believe it was the same game against the Thunder. He put his shoulder down, and before he even got to the paint, the dude absorbed that contract, and his defender was already wiped out to play. Then it was only him to help defender. So that's another thing. He's learning how to be stronger on these drives. And thirdly, on the same drives, he's showing some great footwork. He's showing some some maturity with his footwork, some some craftiness with his footwork, and those are all three things that you want to see from Seku. Like like I said at the beginning of this segment, if he was showing that at the beginning of the season, like if Seku spent this entire season, season shooting 40%, but he did it this type of way, showing this kind of progression, like, oh, okay, he's learning how to get to the rim. He's learning how to play against NBA defenses. He's adjusting well. He's playing strong. He's beating guys off the dribble. He's doing all that throughout the year. You guys wouldn't be, all you guys who are done with him, you guys wouldn't be done with him because that would be a good progression. But now he's doing, I, I, like, obviously, you, you wish that he would have done it throughout the year. You wish he would have been doing this all season because that's what I wanted. So he hasn't met my expectations. But it's better late than never. And he's doing it now. And it's a major step forward for him. That's what everyone should have been looking forward to him throughout the year. He's a better shooter from deep than he's been showing, honestly. The last, like, few, actually, not even the last few weeks, throughout the whole season, he just hasn't been shooting that good from deep. And he's a better shooter than that. If you look at his G League numbers, he's a way better shooter than this. I think it comes with more reps as he gets comfortable in the rotation or he has just more reps in general. He'll start to shoot a little bit better. But he's a better shooter than he's been showing. But the main thing, like I said, the main thing with Seku is the fact that he's showing these kind of progressions. He's being aggressive on offense, like I said, with all the driving to the basket. But then also on defense. He's being a super aggressive on defense. Like, watch Seku next time he plays, which he's going to miss today's game because of concussion, which, by the way, I'm starting to get really worried about that because he's taken a lot of hits to the head as of, like, this season. A lot of hits to the head. 
and that's and that's really concerning to me. I'm gonna keep it a buck. That's that's concerning, and he's missed a couple games because of it too. I I know you guys remember back in the earlier this season when he there was like that whole little. He got brought in for like one of the plays in overtime and then brought right back out because he was dealing with a head injury. Now he's dealing with another head injury. He took a kick to the head from Kyle Lowry. So all that, I think that's worth monitoring. That That is something to be worried about, that he's missing another game due to a head injury and he's only 20. But anyways, if next time you watch Seku, whenever he comes back from this head injury, next time you watch him, watch how he gets up on people's jerseys on defense. Like if you watch him before this, before these last six games, he was not doing that. He was not getting up in players' jerseys. He wasn't moving his hands around, keeping his hands up, trying to like uh, disrupt the offensive player. He wasn't. He wasn't that kind of active. And along with that, another thing that we've seen from him that should be a major plus for him moving forward is the fact that he's been so active in the defensive glass and taking it coast to coast. Like along with that clip thread that I showed you. Like I said, you guys need to follow me on Twitter so you guys can see this thread. So you guys have this visual in front of you guys as well while you guys are listening to me. But not only is he taking it coast to coast and has been finishing and drawing and ones, he's also, there was a couple plays where he took it coast to coast and he didn't just score for himself. He dropped it off to somebody. So I think these progressions right here, I think should make Pistons fans more confident about Seku. If you were out on Seku, if you've watched him over the past few times, I feel like this should give you confidence that Seku is turning the corner. Or at least showing progressions that he should have been showing all season. And like I said, yes, you would have wished that he did this all season. Anybody wish he just would have done it all season. But it's better late than never. And it's honestly the thing for me that is more concerning is the fact that I wanted him to be able to ride this play the way he's playing now, ride this into the offseason. That's what I wanted. But with his head injury, I don't know how long he's going to miss, but the fact he's even missing a singular game really sucks because he seems like he was hitting his stride confidence-wise and getting adjusted to the game. And I wanted him to go into the offseason on a high note. So hopefully he comes back soon and can continue this kind of play. Because if he can go into the offseason like this, it would be great for him. It would be absolutely great for him. Because instead of going into the offseason and having to work with him about getting to the rim, uh, being aggressive, uh, uh, being more uh, crafty, trying to maneuver inside, trying to be uh, aggressive on defense, knowing how to play against NBA defense. Instead of learning how to do that, you can just go in there and be like, okay, you need to get stronger. You need to learn how to finish at the rim stronger. You need to go up over guys. Stop trying to go with a soft layup. Like those, those are things that you can you can start working with him now in the offseason about the finishing part. You guys got all the progress. Now he's showing that he's getting better at the progress to get to that point. Now in the offseason, you just got to work with him at get, finishing the final part, which is really good for him. Coming up, we're going to talk about Killian Hayes and a lot, of the, the, a lot of the discourse, I'm sorry, on Twitter that I saw over the weekend. And some of it's just really, I thought we were done with it since he came back, but I guess we're not. So I, I have to talk about that because it's really getting on my nerves. But before we get into that, let me tell you about one of our sponsors, Indeed. You're the hiring expert for your company, and what you really need is help making your shortlist of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps you make who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Indeed is this job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent fast and easy. With tools like Indeed, Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resume on Indeed fits your job descriptions immediately reduces hiring time by 27%. According to TalentNest, Indeed delivers four times more hires than all other job sites combined. Get started right now with the free $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com locked. Again, go to Indeed.com locked for a $75 credit valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. If you're hiring, you need Indeed. 
And now let me tell you about another sponsor. I know this is your guys' favorite sponsor. I hear you guys talk about it all the time. I've gotten a few comments about it. Built Bar. The best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth comes with a variety of flavors, including six new flavors and caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barsa, lemon almond, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. All flavors are covered in incredible tasting chocolate and soft and easy on the teeth to chew. These bars are low in calorie and sugar, but high in protein and fiber. A flavor I suggest is the peanut butter flavor. I love peanut butter, anything like any candy or anything like that with peanut butter. I absolutely love it. So, of course, that's my favorite one. It's packed with 19 grams of protein, 180 calories, only 5 grams of sugar, and 5 grams net carbs. So, go try the Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the planet Earth. So like I said, we're going to start talking about Killian this segment. Uh, the thing is, with this whole Killian discourse, I really thought, like I said, that it was it was done with. But apparently, like, we're still going with this whole BS. So I'm not, I'm not going to hide. I'm not one of those guys who are going to, like, subtweet or, like, not come straight forward about it. This all started with the Dallas and Detroit guys. Like, I'm going to keep it a buck. It all started with them. They put this tweet out, and it just upset the hell out of me. And it upset a lot of other people because it honestly was just a stupid tweet. It was an incredibly stupid tweet that also, like, not only being stupid, it was just wrong. It was just it, it was just incredibly stupid. I'm sorry if you guys just heard that. There was a loud motorcycle that just drove by my house. I'm sorry if you guys heard that. But they tweeted this out. They said, look at 95% of a good and great point guards in the league today. As rookies, they're already performing at a high level. They go on to name Damian Lillard, Kyrie Irving, Steph Curry, Luka, Simmons, Westbrook, Ja, Trey, and Chris Paul. They go on to say, I'll put up numbers in year one. I also don't get why y'all are convinced that Killian is the outlier. Now, guys, listen. There's there's so many things wrong with this damn tweet. But let, let me just start off with this. And, and I tweeted this at them. I quoted them when, when they said this. Let me just... this The first thing that was just so, like, so stupid about this is that he goes... <laughs> his reason for why we shouldn't be, like, or, like, high on Killian is because... These Hall of Fame point guards he named. Like, these were not just top point guards. Like, six of these guys are Hall of Famers. Two of them are likely Hall of Famers. And John Morant. So, all the guys he named, literally two-thirds of them, are Hall of Famers that he's comparing Killian to in his rookie season. So, if he's not playing as well as these Hall of Famers, apparently he's a bust and we can't be high on him. That's first. That's the first thing that's just incredibly stupid about it. So, then he goes on to double down on it. They, we got into some arguments about it. But the overall thing with Killian is apparently there's like this still this thought out there that Killian Hayes needs to or essentially even though he only played what is it now 13 games that he has he had to have shown like this great rookie season he should have been in contention for rookie of the year if he's going to be great because no such thing as any point guards who haven't been who haven't been rookie of the years and in, in their rookie season actually went on to be good by the way that's just flat out wrong that that is just stupidity that that is flat out wrong factually incorrect you got Mike Conley, which I'm going to hit on a little bit later because I talked with one of the Detroit beat writers, Amari, and he mentioned Mike Conley. Me and him talk about Mike Conley as a as a ceiling for Killian. But you got Mike Conley, who that wasn't the case for. You got that with Kyle Lowry. Lonzo Ball didn't have a great rookie season, and he's look at how good he's shooting now. There's all kinds of point guards. Chauncey Billups, like we're a fan for the Detroit Pistons. You guys are all fans of the Pistons. Do you guys not know about Chauncey Billups? Are you guys that young to where you guys don't know like how Chauncey started off? Like, Chauncey was not some guy coming out his rookie season dominating. He was almost given up on when he came to Detroit. 
Like, there are so many, and, and you can go on and on. There's so many more point guards that you can name that did not have extraordinary rookie seasons. And the biggest thing, even with that, like like that right there in and of itself, that point is stupid. That, that Bringing that up is stupid. But then the biggest thing that makes it even more stupid is the fact that Killian only played 13 games. So how do you, me, anybody else, the Detroit Pistons front office, their coaching staff, the people that dialed in Detroit, any fan with eyes, how the hell do we know what the hell he would have done during the rookie season? We've seen him play 13 games. So a 13-game stretch in a full NBA season is enough to know what he would have done his whole season. By the way, the 13 games are not consecutive. It went for six games, then he missed multiple months, and then he played, what was it, eight, eight games? I, I might have messed that up, but either way, it was months in between half the games. So he played consecutive amount, I think it was seven or six to start off. Then he came back and played, what is it, last six, seven games? After, with like a three-month layoff in between because of a hip injury. So not only is your point... Is this, is this whole discourse about he has to have a good rookie season or all these people calling killing a bust already after 13 games. By the way, of the half of the 30, 13 games, this little stretch ever since he came back, he actually looks good. So I don't know what the hell we're talking about. If, if we're actually doing this, he looks good since he came back. But So the first thing is stupid, the fact that he has to have a good rookie season or a great rookie season to be good. That's wrong. Then you got the fact that he hasn't even played a full rookie season, so we don't know what the hell his rookie season could have been like. So that right there is stupid as well. And then, in fact, that it's only been 13 games. That That's, the, like, the overarching thing. It's been 13 games, and we're still having this discourse about Killian Hayes. We are still having this. I don't get why we're doing this. You don't have to be high on, on, on Killian. You don't have to be high or low on him. And like I tweeted at them, there is no way. Killian may be a bust. He may turn out to be a bust. He may just turn out to not to be good. It's very well that that could happen. It's, it, it, it could very well happen. But the eyes of the Dallas and Detroit guys, the eyes of every other Piston fan out there who are saying that they, that Killian Hayes is a bust, all you guys out there, if your guys' eyes were good enough to see a player after 13 games and know how his career is going to go out, you guys would not be on, on damn Twitter. You guys would just not be. You would not be on Twitter. You would be with the front office. You would be somewhere writing. You would be somewhere at like a, a, the, a free press or something. You, guys, you would be out there doing something like that. Because if you had eyes like that, you wouldn't just be on Twitter. Sharing your opinion with the masses. Like, you would have a job. So your eyes, you do not know that after this many games. You just don't. So it was just so many things going wrong with this whole discourse. And it wasn't just the Dallas and Detroit guys. I go at them a lot because I, I don't, I think a lot of the things they say are very stupid. I actually hooped with them, uh, what was it, two years ago? I think it was two and a half year, years ago. I hooped with them at Joe Dumars. I mean, they were cool there. I mean, we, we hooped. We all, like, got along. There was no, like, getting into it or anything. So I'm sure they're fine guys. I mean, I hooped with them. They were fine. But I just feel like a lot of the things they say are, are very stupid. And a lot of people agree with them too. So like I said, it's not just them. It's just they highlight it because they're the bigger ones that I got into the argument with. But they're not the only people who feel like that. It's it's a lot of people who feel like this. And, and, and it's just stupid to me. It's very stupid. So I asked the question as well on Twitter. If Killian Hayes turned out to be Mike, Collins, Con, Mike Conley level good for the, last, for the next 10 years, would you guys be happy? And almost everyone said good. And along, along with the people who say that he's a bust right now, all of them said, yeah, that would be great. That would be great. We'd love that. And even the Dallas and Detroit guys then go on to say, this is all you want. Well, like, the thing is, how can you say Mike Conley is what, like, what you would be okay with, but then you name, like, 10 Hall of Famers at, like, when you're comparing him? You say, and Mike Conley, like I said, Mike Conley didn't have a good rookie season. He didn't. 
So, so like, I don't get with this whole idea that we know, like, after his rookie season, since he didn't play well his rookie season, that we know what his career is going to be. And I, I hate even saying that sentence because, like I've already said, we haven't even got to see his rookie season. We don't know. We just don't know. We don't know anything. I, it, it is what it is. It, that, that whole discourse gets me hyped up because it's just, I guess the best word I can say for it is just stupid. I don't, I don't get it. I don't see how, like, you can come out and, and, like, say these things about Killian. I'm not saying I'm, like, the biggest high person on him. He could very well be a bust, like I said. But, like, no one knows. And to, and to sit here and act like you do know. And then to also try to, like, poop on everyone's parade that, like, like enjoys Killian. Like, the, the fact you try to do that and, like, try to be high. All the people that are happy about watching him. Just because you think that he's already a bust at the 13 games. That's just scummy of you, too. So, like, just... Get out of here with that. I'm 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 sick of this discourse. But next, we're going to talk about the game today with the Pistons missing half their damn roster. We're going to talk about that. But first, let me tell you guys about another one of our sponsors, BetOnline AG. Betting is now legal in Michigan, and if you're anything like me, you want to take advantage of that as soon as possible. However, there was one problem that I continually ran into. There was just so many apps to bet through. I know all my friends have all these different apps on their phones, all these different apps to bet with, and I was just like, bro, I don't feel like having all these different ones. Like, which one is the best one for me to use? That's when I found Bet Online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. The NFL season might be over, and like I've told you guys before, ending with my friend from high school and former teammate Sean Murphy Bunting being crowned a Super Bowl champion, but the NBA and the NHL are still in full swing. If you want to take your adventures beyond sports, however, BetOnline has you covered there too. I've pointed this out multiple times. I have had no idea that you could bet on awards, TV shows, and reality TV. I just didn't even think that was possible. But BetOnline allows you to do so. BetOnline has real-time updated odds and props on just about anything you can freaking imagine. BetOnline is the best way to place your bets and it's free to sign up. Head over to BetOnline now to sign up and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit and make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline. Your online sportsbook experts. So the Pistons are going to be missing at least seven players when I record this. I'm recording this the night before. So as of right now, they're already missing seven players. Rod Beard uh, tweeted this out yesterday. He writes for the Detroit News. He tweeted out that the Pistons are missing seven players for today's game against the Cavs. That include Sekou and concussion protocol. Like I said, that's pretty concerning. You got Jeremy Grant with quad contusion. You got Corey Joseph with bronchitis. You got Mason Plumley and Wayne Ellington, both due to rest. You got Dennis Smith Jr. with knee soreness. And Rodney Magruder with an elbow sprain. Now, we've already been missing Dennis Smith Jr. and Rodney Magruder for a minute now. But these other names, you got Wayne Ellington and Mason Plumley missing because of rest. So I guess the Pistons are just diving into the tank, which is fine. Like, fade for K, like we've all been saying. Like, it, I think it's pretty clear that they're, they're, they're buying into the tank. Like, they're trying to make it, like... I guess trying to hide it a little bit, but I think it's very clear that they are like buying into this tank with Mason Plumlee and Wayne Ellington just missing rest. And I don't, I don't want to say like Jeremy Grant's not hurt, but I, some part of me questions like if the Pistons were not tanking, like would he actually be missing this game? Like, okay, I'll buy that he has this quad contusion, but I'm sure that like if they weren't trying to tank, he'd still play through it. So you got Jeremy Grant missing out. And the only other ones, you got Corey Joseph bronchitis. <laughs> I saw this funny tweet. I think it's underneath this one right here. It's, yeah, from Brendan Triola. I actually talked to Brendan live. You listened to this. That, this was a funny tweet by you, man. He tweets out, Corey, or Dwayne says to Corey, when the medical staff gets here, I need you to start coughing. Corey says, why do I? And Dwayne's like, just do it. Because, you, need, you know, you got to continue the tank. We need to find a reason to sit you. So... It's all funny, but, like, the Pistons for real are going to miss, like, half their damn roster. And that's as of right now. They could be missing players, 
like going like by the time this publishes, like they could be missing even more players. So, like, what do you look forward to tomorrow or today? What do you guys look forward in today's game against the Cavs? I guess one thing obviously you can look forward to is Killian Hayes and how he performs. I think he's going. He's obviously going to start. And last time he started, he had a really good game. He had that bounce pass that was just like wow. That was all over Twitter, which is really cool to see him get love everywhere. So I guess you can look forward to Killian and see how he continues to play. Another thing that I think people should continue to watch out for, and I brought his name up a couple podcasts ago, and last time I brought his name up, he went out there and shot 0 for 5 the next game. So I'm praying that he, I, I'm not cursed anymore. Like, I'm going to pray that I just don't, like, curse this guy again. But it's Frank Jackson. Frank Jackson had a really good game last game. He's had a really good, like, month and a half for the Pistons. He had 19 points last game. And he's just playing really, really solid. So I think with all these players out right now, it's just another chance for him to have like more involvement in the offense, which when he starts to get hot or he starts to feel himself, he usually works himself into the offense anyways. So, I mean, I, he probably was going to be in offense either way. But like with these guys missing, especially Jeremy Grant and Wayne Ellington and Corey Joseph, you can expect to probably see more of Frank Jackson, which is, like I said, he's playing really well. So I think that's a good thing to watch, honestly. He's still pretty young. And he's been playing, like I said, he's playing really well. So I, I, he's not one of these, like, 27-year-olds who are just on the team playing well. Like, he's a young player. I think he's actually building himself a future. So I think that's another guy you guys can have fun watching today. Another one, Isaiah Stewart as well. Isaiah Stewart will be going up against, uh, is Jared Allen playing? If Jared, uh, Jared Allen will be playing, he'll be going up against him. So that would be a fun matchup to see. I would like to see if Isaiah Stewart will be able to handle his length and and athleticism there that would be a good matchup for him a good test for Isaiah Stewart Isaiah Stewart got a lot of love in our last game from the opposing broadcast apparently I was added about that they got a lot of love so that's always cool to see that Isaiah Stewart's getting love across across the nation but what else is there to really watch for in today's game like you guys want the team to lose obviously and then they're missing all a lot of their players you got Sadiq Bey, obviously. You got Sadiq Bey, who's been balling out. By the way, another, like I said, you guys got to follow me on Twitter at Hill NBA because I did another little, actually, not another. This is my first time ever doing this. I don't know if you guys follow Nikias NBA on Twitter. You guys should. He's one of like, the best followers out there. But he does these like two minute, 20 second, like little film breakdowns of like a quick play to showcase like a bigger overall point. And he's been doing it. And I really wanted to start doing it. So today, or yesterday, however, on Sunday, I did one on Sadiq Bey. About one of the plays against uh, against the Thunder when he drove to the rim. And I was trying to highlight the bigger point that he's learning how to maneuver inside the paint. He's learning how to maneuver inside the arc in general. How to be better outside the three-point range. So that's something that I just continue to watch for with Sadiq. Like, I already know. Everyone knows that he's a great shooter. Like, even if he has a bad night shooting, you know that he's going to be, like... You're never going to see Sadiq have a bad shooting night and be like, Oh, well, is he actually a good shooter? Like, we already know he's a good shooter. But even against tonight, against the Cavs, like I said, with Jared Allen down there, who's a really good shot blocker, really long, tall, and jump. I like to see how Sadiq maneuvers down there because that's something he's been showing in progress in. He's been doing a really good job of. And like I said, if you guys want like an in-depth film breakdown of that, go check out my Twitter, at NBA. I did a good little like 2-minute, 20-second film breakdown. It was really good. I think I had a lot of people actually said that they wish I did more of those. So I'm going to start doing those regularly. So I'll retweet them onto the Lockdown Pistons Twitter as well. If you guys follow there, I'll retweet them onto there as well. So make sure you guys watch for Killian Hayes, like I said, starting. See if he can continue his good streak. Let's see if Killian can get some outside shots to fall against the Cavs. I think that would be really good for him. He's been doing actually a, a better job of getting to the rim and using his floater and, and like getting all the way to the rim, which is actually pretty good to see. So let's see if he can continue that tonight against the Cavs. 
Let's see if Frank Jackson can continue his last month and a half of really good play and defeat the curse of Kuka Hill. Anytime I talk about a good player or try to give a player props, they come out here and just play like trash. So let's see if he can defeat that curse. Let's see if Isaiah Stewart can play well against Jared Allen and his length. Let's see if he learns how to do that. I'm sure Isaiah Stewart's going to start and play a ton of minutes. At least we hope. We don't want to see Julio Okafor. Like I, I think all of us are done with that whole experiment. I don't think it really ever was an experiment with him. I think it was just a, a, a whatever signing. But like anytime we see him on the fly, I think all of us are done with that. So he's gonna Isaiah Stewart's gonna play a lot of minutes. So let's see how he plays against Jared Allen down there. And then also with Jared Allen, like I said, Sadiq Bay. See if Sadiq Bay can continue to show progress inside the arc. And not only just like getting to the rim, but like pull-up jumpers or a post game or anything like that. Let's see if you can continue that against the Cavs tonight. And honestly, the Pistons, what you should look for is just to have a really good game tonight. You don't want to see them win. Like I don't think any of us want to see them win, but just play. A really solid, competitive game. Play all the way to the wire and then just so happen to lose at the very end. I think all of us would be happy about that. That would be a great outcome. So that's all I've got for you guys today. Make sure you guys tune in for tomorrow's podcast. We'll be reviewing this game and talk about anything that came of this game. Hopefully we get some updates on Sekou's concussion by then. And also if Jeremy Grant will be returning the next game. So make sure you guys... Tune into the next episode. If you guys like this episode and you haven't already, make sure you guys go down below and put a five star and write a review. Like I've been telling you guys on Wednesdays, I want to start doing a mailbag. If you go down below and put a five star review in that review, ask a question or just pose a statement to me that you guys want me to talk about, and we will answer all of those on Wednesday. And also, if you guys haven't already listened to Friday's episode, we did the first edition of Are You Drinking the Kool Aid, which is my own little segment that I'm bringing to Lockdown Pistons, which was really fun. I- I had a lot of great things about it. Everyone seemed to really enjoy it. I got a couple of people like using it in like a funny meme type of way on Twitter, which is really cool. So go check that out. And if you guys want to be a part of it this Friday, you guys can send me those questions throughout the week whenever you guys want. And we can answer those on Friday as well. So thank you guys for listening. I hope you guys have a great day. Enjoy the game tonight. And I'll see you guys later. Peace out, everybody.